Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman, bringing you a new cricket podcast every day of England's Tour of India, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport 2, online or via the TalkSport app. Yesterday, we brought you a preview to the series with Neil Manthorpe, Steve Harmison, Darren Goff, Gareth Batty and Akash Chopra. If you haven't heard that, well, uh, check it out. Today, though, we look back rather than looking forward. Steve Harmison, joined by Monty Panesar and Sean Udall, to look at England's one-all draw against India back in 2006. It's a brilliant tale full of drama, humour and some fielding mishaps. But before that, an exclusive interview with England star Joffre Archer, who has spoken about Joe Root ahead of the captain's 100th Test match. He's probably got another 17 left in him as well, so this is definitely not the end, or near the end. Plenty to get stuck into. You're listening to the following on podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. Excitement well and truly building to the start of the India series. Getting underway at 4am on Friday morning. TalkSport 2's coverage going to air at 3.45 every single morning of the test. So set your alarm and don't hit snooze. Right, let's get underway. First up, England's Joffre Archer has been talking and TalkSport's Scott Taylor caught up with him. Hey Joffre, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, just a word on Joe FMA ahead of his 100th test match. Can you just sum up what he's been like as a captain to you as a as a player who's recently come into this test side? He's just, I guess he's been really assuring. Um, not just for me, but for every single person in the team, you know. He's a people, he's a great man manager, great person as well. So there's no surprise that he's been 100 tests. I think he's probably got another 70 left in him as well, so. This is definitely not the end, or near the end. And you look at the 2021 that's coming up in, in English cricket, you've got this tour now, but you've got an IPL after that, and at home series against India, a T20 World Cup. 
is this one of those years that you pinch yourself and say, this is why I wanted to play international cricket? <laughs> well, funny enough, we've been looked at the schedule today. And all I can see is going to be a very long year. <laughs> We're only in January now. Well, February just started, but it's going to be a long, long, long year. Got a few series coming up. Um, I think body management is going to be essential if, you, if I want to play everything or most of everything. I think managing your body and work is going to be really important. Hmm. And just finally for me, there's been a lot of talk about that, actually, the body management. And there's been a few people criticising the fact that you know, some players are going home, but in your eyes, it's it's essential ahead of a busy year. Well, anyone that's criticising it never spent a week bubble or months, I should say. You know, I saw one golfer left after four days. We've been in here for almost well, almost a year now. I think vital to get in and out because at the end of the day, humans are social people, and you know, sometimes get a bit higher especially if you're not having a great game or if you're not feeling good within your cricket you know there's no escape there's no way to go so I think the ECB has made made it really great giving people myself I had six weeks away I think Joss has done after this game for a little bit Sam's gone you know so they're making it very making it a priority everyone gets a time away so that we could come back refreshed and, and ready to go Big thanks to Joffre Archer. Right, time to take a look back now with our first test of time of the series. We're going back to 2006 and England's tour of India under Freddie Flintoff. Three members of the side, Steve Harmison, Monty Panasar and Sean Udall were all in the squad and this is their tale. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. And on today's show, we'll look back at England's three-match test tour of India in 2006, reliving all the key moments through the eyes of the players involved. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll look back at an extraordinary build-up to the tour, discuss how a returning 35-year-old made such an impact and why Johnny Cash's ring of fire helped England draw the series one all. So much to get into. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. England headed into the tour full of confidence, but what happened before the Test Series can only be described as freakish. Duncan Fletcher's men depleted before a ball was even bowled. Here's the former England bowler, Steve Harmison. It was like, it, honestly, it was like carry on, it was a carry-on film, that, that build-up of that Test Series, because Vaughan's captain, Simon Jones is there, Trez is there when we left. Trez and Vaughan, Simon Jones play the first fair warm-up game. Vaughan gets injured. Simon gets injured. Trez takes over the captaincy in Baroda, then goes home halfway through day two. So all of a sudden, Freddie's now in charge and we've got three debutants, Cook, uh, Anderson, coming in. And we go to Nagpur with, against a very, very good India side. We're thinking, well, we've got nothing to lose here. So as you heard there, Marcus Strascothic left the tour early, the England camp citing personal reasons for his departure. But it later came out that he was suffering from anxiety and struggling with his mental health. Here's a former England batsman recalling the experience with Neil Manthorpe. I was having to hide away and not tell people what was really happening or not what was really going on. And that, that was hard um, because I was constantly worried that people were going to find out. So... 
the best way I could see out of it was to just go and say, right, look, here it is. You want to know everything? Here it is. It's, I'll lay it on the table for you. You know, the, the reaction for that, I didn't know what was going to happen, of course. I, I couldn't quite understand before before um, people read about it what their reaction was going to be. But um, I didn't quite probably expect it was going to be as good as what it was. In the book, when you're describing how, how you, you felt, um, you, you mentioned irrational fears, despair, panic. Um, you said that you thought you were going to die when you had the, the first the breakdown in, in Baroda. Yeah. But, you know, as a father of, of two children, and you were a, a young father of, of one child there, there must have been just simple guilt that all cricketers feel when they're away from home. Yeah, it, very tough. And, you know, a lot of young sportsmen go through that whole feeling now when they have to leave their families behind for a certain period of time. But I think it was just the massive overwhelming of being the anxiety and the feeling what it was, was just feeding itself by being away. It started with one thing to a second thing. And suddenly you're, you're putting all these things together. And then it was just a colossal amount of worry and then problems and not sleeping, not eating, not drinking. Um, trying to focus on cricket and then being unhappy and being upset you know can you imagine putting all this together over a couple of weeks it just brew into into a, a huge storm that was that, that needed a good period of time away to really understand and sort of reassess um, where I was going and what I was doing and how I was going to cope with it because I didn't know first of all my I didn't have a clue what to what extent I was ill or needed help with I remember the doctor had to come in because I felt so rough and I was so upset and I was couldn't sit still. And I said, Doc, there's something wrong with me. Just just take me to hospital or something. There's something really wrong and I just don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, and that's the power of the mind. You know, it, it can control the body, it can control your thoughts and everything that goes with it and make you feel absolutely awful. One player who didn't play in the 2005 Ashes but was called up to the winter tours of Pakistan and India was the veteran off-spinner Sean Udall. Also, what people forget about that trip, Freddie was supposed to come home for the birth of his child. Yeah. And he chose not to, to stick out there and stick because he thought the team needed him more, which is a hell of a unselfish thing to do. Freddie, um, actually, because you how good of friends you are, good friends tell you the truth. Freddie yeah. didn't go home on that trip because he said that would have meant I could possibly be in charge of England. <laughs> There's no way in the world that Steve Harmison could captain himself. <laughs> never mind. Potentially, I think it was the second test match. I think the so was going to be match in Chandigarh. He was going to go home for that one. And I think he was like, there's no way I'm leaving you in charge of this lot. You would have thought that losing two captains and a key fast bowler before a ball was even bowled would stick in your mind. But that's not the way that former England bowler Matthew Hoggard thought about it. Actually, I didn't remember any of that build-up. And I didn't remember that Vaughan was there and then went home. Yeah. Fred took over and went home. And, uh, Freddie took over. I just thought it was Freddie that was captain. <laughs> didn't know anything about just how much attention I played. That, that's... Um, well, we're in, we're in Nagpur. To, what, 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 do you, what do you need to know? You need to know that you need to bowl your best ball as many times as you possibly can. Whoever stood on the pitch is irrelevant. They can't yeah. do jack until you let go of the ball. An injury hit England began the series with the first test in Nagpur, with standing captain Andrew Flintoff giving debuts to the opening batsman, Alistair Cook, and the left-arm spinner, Monty Panesar. Here's Monty talking about that experience with Steve Harmison. You get the nod. Andrew Flintoff taps you on the shoulder, along with Ian Blackwell and Sir Alistair Cook now, and says, Monty, you're going to make your England debut against, not just against India, but 
my first recollection of you, Monty, was just all I talked about for, for months and weeks and months on end was Sachin Tendulkar. Sachin this, Sachin that, Sachin the other. He was your, he was the hero in your life, wasn't you? And then all of a sudden you get the tap off the England captain and he says, Monty, you're going to make your debut and play against Sachin Tendulkar. What did that feel like? Yeah, firstly, look, I was, uh, firstly, I want to apologize for all the Sachin Tendulkar facts <laughs> I'll give to you guys, you know, during the airport lounges, during the flights, you know, just talking about Tendulkar. And, and I'm sure I've asked you the question. I've asked every seen bowler. I remember asking Darren Goff, you know, what was it like playing Sachin Tendulkar? And he gave me a great answer. He goes, don't, don't even go there, mate. He goes, he, he, <laughs> he's just an unbelievable player. But, um, but for me, it, I, think, I think the question I would like to ask you here is, I never expected Andrew Flintoff to pick me in that first test match mm. and your best mates with him. What was it? What did Andrew Flintoff possibly seen in me to think, well, I back him to play that first test match. I, I didn't even think to play. I, I, I never, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Harmi. I never thought I would play even the, you know, a one test match during that tour uh, in India. I, 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 I you know, what was it that maybe I think, you... I think, to be fair, the answer to that was we've seen somebody who could win matches for us. I think that was the big thing. We had, you had a, an all-rounder who could potentially hold an end up like a bit like what Ashley Giles would do with um, in Ian Blackwell. But when we were talking about it, and I remember talking to Freddie about it on, on, on you playing, and it was we need somebody to take wickets. It was simple as that. I'm not going to be as effective with ball bouncing, neither will Freddie, because it's not going to bounce. And if it doesn't swing, you know, reverse, then you know, Huggy, Huggy is going to be is going to find it hard as well. So we had to find somebody who could get wickets. Flintoff won the toss, decided to bat first, meaning that the young Essex batsman Alistair Cook was straight into the action. Literally, I did know no one. You're right, absolutely. You know one. You're the big superstars of 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 2005 over every newspaper and stuff. And I turned up flying into a place. Borny, I think I was, who played yeah. not playing because Strauss was going to go over a test match. And I, I put my doors out and I got a knock on the door. And this is this is no word I like. I got a knock on the door and it was you who knocked on the door and said, come on, lad, I can't do your accent. Come into my room. And I come into my room. And I was like, Jesus. You better put that into context. It might not sound very good, that. <laughs> I didn't try. I didn't try and do your accent. I was, I was, that's why I didn't bother. And I literally, what, and you dragged me into, there was Freddie lying on the bed with a dartboard, never thrown a dart before. And from that moment on, like, Hey, I love darts. I was terrible to start with. But like that, that support you showed me like was unbelievable. So then when I did turn up in India two days before or three days before, I felt as if I knew the guys a little bit because I was um, I was called at replacement at Pakistan and I wasn't in the original touring squad um, for India. I was at England A. Um, and I, ultimately, it was the best time to make my debut because I flew around the world. No one expected me to do well against you know, Kumble, Harbour Jan. Never played in India before in a match. Uh, so the pressure's off and, you know, I, uh, I managed to scrap a few runs. And those few runs were important. Cook made a maiden half century, scoring 60 in the first innings. But it was Paul Collingwood who took the headlines. His unbeaten 134 saw the tourists post 393 in the first innings. And that's high in the air, but he's got the distance. No one's going to get underneath that. It's going to plug just in front of the boundary. 
And Paul Collingwood has his first Test Match 100. Despite losing an early wicket, India's reply got off to a good start. Wazim Jaffa and Rahul Dravid guided them to 140 for one before a mini collapse ensued. And the hosts were soon in trouble at 176 for five when Panasar dismissed the great Sachin Tendulkar. It's a big, big shot and it's out. That's a big wicket. Pat first. Umpires, brave decisions. But it's the pad, then the bat. Sachin Tendulkar. Big, big wicket for England. Yeah, that, that was like, you know, one of the moments in my life, which I would say was, you know, the best moment, one of my best moments in my life, because I, I honestly didn't think, firstly, I'll be playing the Test match. And then secondly, um, you know, it was, uh, I think I was relying a lot on like, like yourselves, you know, Andrew Flintoff, big, you know, tall cricketers, you know, supreme confidence, looking up to you guys for that, you know, confident energy because I'm like thinking this Sachin Tanuka, Raul Dravid, you know, VVS Laxman, Saywag, Mohamed Kaif. Like, you know, for me it was, you know, I felt I was out of depth and I was always looking up for that for that confidence and that boost. And and I remember when I got that LBW, I just ran and and I couldn't stop running. I, I just like, oh my God, I'm living a dream. What is going on? And I'm just like running off like a, you know, the emotions of a roller coaster. And then there I'm grabbing all my teammates and, and, and we're all celebrating together. And then Andrew couldn't believe it. You, you there giving you the big hugs and the high fives. And to be honest, I've never celebrated like that ever in, in, a, in, a, in a match before. It was just like this burst of energy just come out of nowhere because it was, like you said, you know, the buildup of playing against Tundulka, you know, seeing, you know, this larger than life character and then suddenly getting him out. It's like, you know, this, um, you know, his, his family's from India. He's an Indian guy, born in England, playing against England. You know, it, it was kind of a, a two-way celebration where it kind of um, showed the, the, the success of the, both countries, but also, you know, this, this young Indian boy trying to play against, against his superhero and he's celebrating amongst, you know, the Ashes heroes. You know, it was, I couldn't, I just couldn't get enough of it. Half centuries from Mohammed Kaif and Anil Kumble helped India recover from 190 for seven, as they were eventually bowled out for 323, with Hoggard picking up six for 57. No matter if he thought differently. Uh, wasn't it seven foot? Oh, six. I've got it. Are you sure it's not seven? Got in front of me, yeah. 30, 30, how did you bowl 30.5 overs, 13 maidens, six for 57? Well bowled, Matt uh, Hoggard. I don't know. Uh, it was quite a. It, it started reversing as well. Um, it was swinging. Um, and again, it was one of them days where you, things go your way instead of going against you. So England had a 70-run lead after the first innings and looked to put the pressure back on the hosts. After scoring 60 in the first innings, Cook went one better this time round, scoring his maiden test century. Is this the moment? Yeah! It is the moment. What a way to do it as well. He's going to get a boundary through the offside. And he is delighted, and so he should be. What a test debut. 60 in the first innings, and now he moves on to 100. What a start to your international career. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I can scarcely believe it. To be honest with you, you know, a week before I was lying on the beach in Antigua, then I was in a place I'd never heard of, Nagpur, with a test 100 to my name. It was, it was unbelievable. It gives, I'll tell you what it does do when you get 100 on your debut. It, it kind of, you earn the respect to the changing very quickly. So you, they, they know you can play then, don't you? That's half yeah. the battle. It's like, 
you, when who's this guy coming? Is he any good? Probably had a few dodgy nets in that in that two days before, and I just that settled my that settled me enough to to think well actually those guys right. I mean then when I got my second hundred, that's when I thought I could I belonged a little bit. Um, so to do it twice that that meant then I started to believe that I could be it. But the, yeah, just for me, and then walking into changing room after that first hundred, actually everyone thought I, I thought I don't respect everyone else, and I think that's a big big thing that say anyone walking into any changing room any team is is important who knew it would be the start of a career which saw him become england's all-time leading run scorer in test cricket cook's unbeaten 104 helping england declare on 297 for three setting india a target of 368 and despite a century from wazim jaffa another big score from raul dravid india finished on 260 for six it felt like a missed opportunity within the england camp Here's Steve Harmison. We should have won that test match. If it wasn't, we're talking about the you know, the, the hero status of Sachin. Sachin didn't come in until, I think he batted at number seven, I think, in the second innings. And it got dark and he took the light and it was, you know, it was touch and go. And I think if it hadn't been for Sachin coming in at number seven, player he was, we would have won that test match because I think the ball was still, you know, we were still doing enough to, to get us over the line. Um, and he took the because the, I can't remember what actually how many runs they needed. They didn't need that many runs, thirty or forty runs, I think it was. Um, and we needed the four wickets. And he took bad light, the great Sachin. And we were this was you know even though we were off the back of winning 05, we were five players down. We had a relatively young side, and here's this great side with you mentioned Dravid and Sewag and Kef, Lakshman. Yuvraj, they walk off, Dhoni, they walk off. Monty Panesar. All of us were zoned in to win the game of cricket, but yeah, the great Sachin, <laughs> rightly so, he, by laws of the game, you're, 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 you're allowed to, you know, take the bad light. And, uh, and yeah, which was a bit of a shame. So the first test in Nagpur ended in a draw, with the series still in the balance. We'll review the final two test matches and hear more from the former England spinner Sean Nadal, who ended his test career in one of the best ways possible. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. 
To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast in our review of England's tour of India in 2006. After drawing the first test, England went 1-0 down in the series following a heavy nine-wicket defeat in Mahali and needed to win the final test in Mumbai to salvage the series. The tourists were missing several key players and the strain was started to show off the field. Here's the former England spinner Sean Udall, but first, Steve Harmison. I think Duncan and Freddie's relationship at that time had just and I'd gone to a point of non-existent. I don't even think we were speaking to each other at that point. No, exactly. Yeah. So it couldn't have gotten any worse, that trip. All them names mentioned missing the trip. And then the captain and the coach not really communicating with each other. And um, as a team, we're about to go into arguably the toughest challenge, which is Mumbai on a turn and pitch. It was it was an interesting concept with the captain and the coach, let's be honest. Um, different ends of the spectrum in terms of living life and now they enjoy themselves and now they... One thing you could never fall Freddie on was his effort on the pitch um, and his captaincy on that game was, was brilliant. I mean, he got 50s in both innings at, at Mumbai and he got wickets again first innings and second innings. Uh, and to get the nod from both of them was was great. I think it was actually Duncan that said to me a couple of days before, just thought Freddie might be Fred and then without Duncan knowing, um, telling me that I was going to be in. It did give me a little bit more time to relax, which I thought was very thoughtful of him. So 35-year-old Udall was brought into the team for the final test in Mumbai as England played two spinners. Here's Monty Panesar. Yeah, look, for me, I thought um, having Sean Udall there really helped me to actually um, use his experience, work with him about certain areas of the, of, of the game. Maybe I was a little bit unsure because after all, I, I was playing university cricket and then suddenly had a great season at North Ants on turning pitches. And uh, it was that kind of ideal scenario, you know, right time, right place. The next tour is a subcontinent tour, going to be turning pitches. I've had a successful tour. So, you know, it, it, it was quite fitting. But yeah, the experience of Shaggy was, was brilliant for me because it took the pressure off me. It kind of felt like, you know, he's the experienced spinner. It was a less than ideal return to test cricket for Udall, who after scoring nine with the bat took just one wicket in India's first innings. However, he explains how his Hampshire teammate and one of the legends of the game helped him turn the test match around. I had a bit of a dark moment in my room on the third night. Of, um, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get around this? A couple of calls. Robin Smith, my best mate, was, was on the trip with a load of tourists and he rang me up. And then out of the blue, Shane Warne rang me and said, uh, two things aren't going very well, mate, but you've got to rest assured that if this is your last time, you've got to go out with a bang and do everything that you can to, to make an impression. And that starts by relaxing and just enjoying the occasion, remembering you're there on merit. Um, and to get 
a call from somebody of his stature, although we were obviously friends and teammates, was was very thoughtful and very good of him. You talk about Sheermore, you talk about Robin Smith, and cricket has that, hasn't it? There's a when you hear yeah. a lot about cricket family, you always forge good friendships. I mean, my first captain was David Boone. I couldn't speak to him for about three months. I just, oh, no. uh, <laughs> I, just I just I didn't know you. But you grew up with the likes of Malcolm Marshall and Gordon yeah. Greenwich and people like that. The game yeah. was completely different to them. Did you draw on all that experience going into that dark time, even though the words were nice by Shane Warne? Sure, Junior still got a bowl of ball on the fourth day with 312 runs on the board, mm. even though it's on a service which is helping. But they've got the likes of Sewag, Dravid, Sachin, Yuvraj, Dhoni. You've still got to go out and bowl it. Yeah, you do. And, it, and it's, I think, walking into a dressing room when I was 18 years of age with Paul Terry, Chris Smith. Robin Smith, David Gower, Malcolm Marshall, Mark Nicholas, Cardigan, kind of all these guys that have been some of them were international superstars. You know, Gower, Smith, Marshall were world class cricketers. And A, they were great people, which I think makes a big difference. They're, they weren't out of themselves, they weren't arrogant, they weren't big headed. They just welcomed you into the family. Um, and as I say, at that time, that does help you through because I, I would never expect a change to run me out of the blue in the middle of the night in Mumbai, who's probably still up out partying, I expect. <laughs> but um, we just had Robin there on the trip, which just a reassuring, I made my England debut with Robin, Robin was still in the side in 94 against New Zealand. Um, and it's just nice to have those sort of sounding blocks that you can you can just ring up or call or say, come on, let's meet for beer. Well, when we could meet for beer. Uh, and just prevent, prevent your frustrations and, and, and call, call on your experience to, to, to come into the, when it matters. Despite Udall's own form, England were well positioned in the Test match. They had a first innings lead of over 100, and even though they were dismissed for just 191 in second innings, India required 313 to win the Test match and seal the series. England's top order, well, it made early inroads, reducing the host to 75 for four, and they continued their momentum with an inspired bowling change. Here's Sean Udall. Freddie came to me a couple of hours before lunch and just said have a couple see how it goes and it came out beautifully because I felt weirdly relaxed mm. I felt as though this was my last chance I've given it everything that I can I've done all I can and I settled into my rhythm quite quickly but then lunch came and I thought that was going to stop me and we came out relaxed but I was a bit nervous after lunch because I thought that the break would have stopped me from my momentum and my rhythm going but settled back in um, and to get Satchin was just you know you always set a person up to get them out, get them out in the right way, the way you want to get them out, but it doesn't really happen always. But to get him out, caught back pad when I that was how I was going to get him in my mind. And um, the inside edge one to belly at the short leg, and I acted like a 12 year old running around the ground like a loser. <laughs> yes, 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 inside edge gone. Tendulkar dismissed. Good delivery from Shah Yudu. The length was perfect. A little bit of fly, drawing him onto the front foot. Inside edge and a very good catch at Just the, the the thought of getting the greatest run score, highest run score in the history of Test match figured out was walking back to Mark thinking, have I really just got him out? <laughs> and, then, and it was. And then Dhoni was another key wicket. He could have taken the game away from us and could have smashed me out of the attack, which he tried to do and he lobbed one up in the air with Monty. Didn't even get a finger on. He's got out there, but he's skied it. This should be out. To be honest, I, I saw the ball high up in the air. And then what it is, it's, it's like that when you play in India, you have this crowd noise behind you. So one minute I'm listening to my teammates and then suddenly they ball the ball and, and it erupts. And it's just like you can't hear anything apart from this huge noise. 
and, and it feels like you've got your headphones on with just like low, you know, like there's some like rock and rock, rock and roll kind of like drum and bass music going on with, you know, and, and, you're hit, and then next thing you know, you're seeing this ball, massive noise behind the crowd and thinking, right, I've got this. I've, I've got this. I've got my hands up. I remember my cues. I remember the fielding coach saying, get your hands up because if you, if you miss it, you've got a chance to catch, catch it. <laughs> so hands go up straight away once I see the ball go up in the air. And then the massive sun, the sun there is because it's closer to the equator. It's just huge. I lost it in the sun. And I'm like thinking, where, where is it this going? And I've seen, <laughs> and I've seen Jimmy Anderson, which is like five meters away looking at me. And I'm thinking, um, has it just escaped? You know, going into a black <laughs> hole somewhere. No, <laughs> and I'm thinking, and then it pops out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, just get your hands out there. It must be around here somewhere. You know, I'm close <laughs> to the ball. Next thing I'm going to five me- meters elsewhere. And I couldn't believe it, the, the embarrassment. I'm, I'm and never... then you took the catch, though. You took the catch. Yeah, it's gone up in the air again. Now, can he take it this time? Yeah! He does. Look at the relief on his face. He saw that one. He's caught it. I remember taking the catch and I said to him, again, the same process, keep your hands high and, and close together. I remember, you know, your two uh, uh, small fingers touching together so, so you don't move them apart. These little, you know, cues you have. And, and as, as it went in, I was like so delighted for Shaggy because, you know, someone at his age, you know, he probably won't play another tour of India again. Any wicket is, you know, is huge for him, you know, for him. And, 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 and you know, when I took that it wasn't, wicket, I was, it wasn't just any wicket. It was it, it wasn't just M, uh, any wicket. It was MS Dhoni. India were reeling at 92 for seven when Dhoni was dismissed, and Yudal cleaned up the tail as the hosts were bowled out for just a hundred, sealing a 212 run victory for England to level the series. Winning a Test match in India is no mean feat in any era, but it was even more special for Yudal. Here he is with Steve Harmison. I remember the kid, uh, the wickets actually, the wickets actually fell just before the kids went to school that morning. Yeah, there was a time delay and stuff. They actually watched it. So yeah, and it's nice. and you, you're walking off the field. What's the overriding emotion in Sean Udall's? Because you probably you probably knew because you talked yourself mentioned in this interview. You've talked yourself that that was probably it from an international point of view. You're yeah. walking off that field in Mumbai. You've got Sachin. You've got Dhoni. You know, is this is this the the, the the life's achievement in my career walking off this field? Now I'm going to enjoy this. It, it did feel like that at the time, mate. If I'm honest, it did think I thought I'm just going to try and milk this, milk the interviews, milk everything else, and just take it all in and appreciate it and, and, and think, well, if this is the end, then you know, to go out on a high is is always important in whatever you do in life. As you say, even more importantly, on day five of the Test match, when the spinner comes into his own or should do in, in Indian turning conditions, you have to you have to turn it on because that's your job. That's what the spinner does the last day of the game he wins the game for his team um so to do that was was brilliant but then to milk it all afterwards the past two celebrations are brilliant mm. and then reality kicks in though because next day i was back on the plane on the way back to england yeah 24 hours later was, you're leaving i remember i remember watching that because i just landed home i just landed at home i remember watching that and i'd never it's probably the only time i've sat and thought i wish i was back i wish i'd get me on a plane i wish i could get back out there because <laughs> I think the, the, the last question would be you know, the amount of time you sp- I'd spent with you throughout that, that winter, um, whether it was playing darts, just talking, yeah. watching only foods and horses in the room. Shameless. <laughs> yeah, shameless. We've gotten the shameless. That was the first year of the series, I think. That's what <laughs> it was in all that time, the emotion. I think I had a tear in my eye when, I, when, when, oh, when you got that last wicket. When we got the last wicket, walking off, seeing Freddie Bear hugging you and then Freddie Bear hugging Duncan. Duncan. And it was, it was, 
I just wanted to be there for you because of the amount of time you'd spent in our company. It was awesome. You and Fred, you it was Fred the one. It was the one. It was one overriding emotion that I think when somebody else has done well, I have never been as pleased in my whole entire career was when on that afternoon because oh. of not not just because of what you went through or anything like that, but because you waited patiently, 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 and then all of a sudden. When it counted, you stood up and showed your experience and what, what you were. And to walk off, that I was sitting at home nearly in tears. Monty Penasa. That test match kind of like summed up, I, I guess, the whole tour really of, uh, of, of this young team that we had. And, um, you know, the, the way uh, Freddie kind of like, you know, marshaled the troops, you know, he didn't have his best side, but he still got, you know, still made us competitive. And, and I actually remember, um, you know, before, after, the lunch just before lunch when he put on the song um johnny cash ring of fire so all of us got together i was like johnny cash who is johnny cash i don't even know <laughs> right i don't i don't even know this kind of genre of music so there's one thing i've learned through through, through my friendship with uh, freddie is I, I learned who elvis presley is because that's probably his favorite artist and then we had johnny cash and I, and I started to listen to this kind of music i was like well it's quite relaxing and we had the uh, ring of fire on you know, and we're all in our arms and we're just singing along, singing along. And I'm like, this is great. You know, this is chess cricket. Like, you know, this is, I've never done this before. You know, <laughs> one minute you guys are out of the showers with like nothing on. And, and uh, it was, it, yeah, it was brilliant memories, you know. And uh, I, I, uh, I think I, I just loved everything about it, you know, just the way, you know, you take the importance away from, you know, the, the, the game itself. But once we're on the field, we are like these competitive animals. Like, you know, I've never, you know, I wasn't as competitive like that during county cricket. Um, it was just a, just a great experience. So despite being plagued by injuries, affected by dressing room bust-ups and having to rely on the youngsters, England somehow left India with an unlikely result in the series. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as part of the following on podcast and our review of England's Tour of India in 2006. If you missed any of the show or just wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, available on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.